Welcome to Love Punch, challenging thought leaders to turn their mission into a movement. I'm your host, Ruby Fremont, and I'm here as a catalyst for you, the new generation of thought leaders. I'm a kick-ass life coach, a bullshit detector, and courageous communicator. I'll show you how to take bold action and create massive impact through a powerful process that I call CPR, courage, persistence, and resilience to go after what you really fucking want. It's time to unapologetically do what you're here to do and do it your way. So gear up, get ready, and let's make shit happen. Hey everyone, I am back and I am on video as well as audio. And I'm here with one of my fave people in the world. Her name is McKenna. And we first connected in, I think it was a few years ago with a self-run mastermind hosted by a couple of our girlfriends. And I have just absolutely loved her ever since because she is refreshing as fuck in a world of cookie cutter leaders. McKenna is the real fucking deal. So let me just read a little bit of her, her bio her official bio. So McKenna is a leadership coach by trade, a cooking school director by passion. She's a no-nonsense coach who helps women and those who desire to, I don't know this word, capacitate them, expand their lives and businesses in congruence with their true desires. She owns La Pichune, Julia Child's former summer home in France, and is the creator of the Heart First Method, and is also the founder of Allo Records, one of the few women-owned record labels in the country. She's been featured on YFS Magazine, Mind Body Greened, Cone de Nast, Traveler, Vogue Online, Today.com, and the New York Times, among others. She is real as fuck. And I'm super excited to dive into a conversation with you today, McKenna. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me here. I'm super stoked. So, you know, Love Punch is all about being real as fuck and unveiling the truth behind what goes on in entrepreneurship, in leadership, because there is just so much bullshit out there. And I feel like so much. So much. So much way too much. And you are just, you've always been this constant source of refreshment for me. Like I've always seen you carving your own path and dare I say, just completely go against the cookie cutter norms. You could say that. (laughs) So, so talk to me a little bit about that. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, sure. So I've always thought that the Capitalism in general was a racket. My, my poor father would hate hearing me say that out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, he always says he's to the right of Attila the Hun mm. so, in terms of being conservative. So that's my father. Um, but yeah, no, I've always thought that capitalism was a racket. And I always thought that the online world of capitalism was even more of a racket. I basically felt like it was a multi-level marketing firm of coaches. It's like, oh, <laughs> if, you, if you once work with this coach, then you become this level. And then if you raise your prices to this level, you become this level. Suddenly you're a diamond level coach. (laughs) And I've always wondered why we didn't actually have uh, delineations based on how many, how many dollars we spent on other coaches and how famous they were. Right. I say that tongue firmly in cheek, but I, I always found that really frustrating, but I also saw the value in coaching and how valuable coaching was 
And I figured there had to be a way to make money without joining the sea of sameness. Mm. And the like, make gazillions of dollars, live your true dream, be happy. Because the reality is, is that so many of those people who are living that life are not living a life I want to live. Right. And the closer I get to them, the more I see like, whoa, your $22 million a year company is making you miserable. Right. And, yeah. and I, I can see it. And so that's, I've always been really reticent to believe that money was the answer to happiness and that coaching was the only answer to happiness, but it was still a valuable skill set to share. Mm-hmm. So I've spent my entire career of coaching kind of trying to figure out how to make money, find the right clients without using those kind of tried and true positioning as expert techniques that are frequently fabricated and not actually real. Mm, that's so important for our listeners to understand. Like most of the bullshit out there is bullshit. It is fabricated. People have made it up and then they slap like a sticker on it and say, this is tested and true. And although it works for like, maybe it actually works for one or two people, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. We're all individual. We all have like our needs. We all have what we value most in life and what we want to create and you know, the missions that we want to leave behind. So it's so important to find your own groove. And I love that about you because you have not only found it, but you embody it in everything that you do and the way in which you show up. I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, you, I think you hit on a really important point. I, I think that sometimes these systems, these plans, these cookie cutter coaching methodologies do work, but they often work for a period in time. Mm-hmm. And the strategies that are being taught are only valid for a period of in time and for a certain type of industry mm-hmm. or service or product. It doesn't work across the board. Right. And, you know, there, there, there was a time when Facebook groups really worked for everyone. They worked mm-hmm. for coaches. They worked for multi-level marketing companies. They worked for jewelry artists. They worked for your florist down the street. It really didn't matter. It was an effective way of communicating with your customer. And as the algorithm has changed, that's just not as true now as it used to be. Mm -hmm. Um, They still had use and people are finding new uses for them, but that's a strategy or a tactic. Really, that's more of a tactic that no longer is functional in the world of business in the same capacity that it used to be because it got oversaturated. That's the other thing. It's like a lot of these systems and plans and strategies and thought processes that are being fed to other people as like the silver bullet. They are the silver bullet for a flash in the pan moment in time. Right. Yeah. And that doesn't work. Yeah. It, and it's interesting because, you know, I myself have found that I've done all those strategies. I've implemented a lot of the cookie cutter shit and it does work. You know, I've, I've earned money off of it, but it's like last year I realized just because I'm earning money doesn't mean it feels good. Like this feels completely unaligned with who I am and what I value and what I want to bring into this, into this world, you know, and the the legacy that I want to build. And so like how, you know, especially for our listeners, like how can they start to understand or see that or unveil themselves to even be aware of understanding like what, just because something works doesn't mean it's what you should do. No, utterly and completely. So it's interesting that you're bringing this up because there's a face, there's a conversation going on on my Facebook right now, like happening <laughs> right as I'm speak, right as we are speaking, where I asked for a community that was not like a mastermind run by ex guru coach and everybody pays them thirty thousand dollars to join creates a community. 
um, but actually like a community that was wildly diverse Mm -hmm. and not a one-off event, not like something that continues. Right. And the reason why is because my values have changed over the past few years. I've been in all those types of groups and I'm finding that what I'm looking for is diverse. It's not centralized. It can have a governing body, so to speak, but I don't want it to be like one person running it. Like I, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't matter if it were Oprah. I don't care if Oprah started a entrepreneur community. I still, if it were, if it were called Oprah's entrepreneur community, I still wouldn't join. Like truly at this point, like it's just not the cult of personality has lost itself because my values are no longer attached to the cult of personality. So I think that that understanding where your values actually are and figuring out where you want to focus. And all I was looking for was an in-person, regularly meeting community that was global, diverse, truly diverse, not a few people of color here and there or a few queer people here and there. Like, not one or two, like, normal numbers based on the world. Like, let's say the world is X amount of this, that many people of that. Like, an actual cross-section of a global community as close as we can. And there was nothing. And everybody's right. talking about, well, but about this, what about this? And the truth of the matter is, is like finding that groove and your values is really about looking at what you value. If you value being on the internet all the time, then spending all your time in a Facebook group is a great idea. Like mm. Some people that truly is something they value because they don't like going out into the real world. Right. I raise my hand to that. Sometimes <laughs> I feel that way. <laughs> there were times in my life where I really enjoyed that. And now I'm finding it to be really stifling. Mm -hmm. So it's about getting clear on what you value and how you want to show up and how you want other people in your life to show up. Right. And and getting granular about it. And I've got a little bit of flack behind closed doors about this specific community I'm looking for that may or may not exist. And I'm okay if it doesn't exist. Right. They keep going, oh no, that's not what I'm looking for. And I'm getting snarky messages being like, well, I was just trying to help. I'm like, you literally didn't read what I wanted. Right. you said, hi, look at me. I do this. Yeah. Look at this mastermind that I run. I was like, I don't want that. Yes. So it's getting really good at saying no and yeah. getting really good at saying yes based Ooh. on the things you're currently valuing. And those change. Right. And I think that's really important to, to understand is your values change. Your values yes. change as we evolve. I say this all the time. Like we evolve, our businesses evolve, our missions evolve, our purpose yes. evolves. The more that we learn, the wiser we get the more we evolve and that's okay. So what you're saying is like really listen to that evolution and understand that your values change and as they change, you're allowed to change. You don't have to stay in a system just because it quote unquote works. Correct. Yeah. This definition of works, works how? Okay, fine. (laughs) We can define it as works that makes you happy or hello UPS man. Sorry about that. Please don't bark, John Wayne. I'm on a podcast. (laughs) Waiting for the bulldog to go hog wild in the background. Um, So I I think that being willing to understand like the definition of what works, you have all different ways of looking at how it works. A lot of times in entrepreneurship, we're looking at what works in quotes as solely money. And then you can look at it as what works in terms of what makes you happy? What works is in what evolves you to the next level. Right. Sometimes evolving to the next level isn't about making money. Right. Sometimes it's cutting off the thing that makes you the most money so that you can be kind of broke in your business for a while yeah. to then step into that next thing you're trying to do and make money off of. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But it's that understand, you, you said what works. Yes, it might work, but 
what, what are you actually wanting to achieve? Mm. And as an entrepreneur, yes, you need to make money, but that's not the sole reason to go into business. Yeah. If you wanted to make money, go work in corporate. It's a lot easier <laughs> to go get a corporate job, make 250K a year, invest instead of in your own business, invest in stocks and make gazillions of dollars that way or Bitcoin or whatever. It's so much easier. Yeah. That is a much easier way to become a millionaire. Definitely. Definitely. Full stop. So if you're full, your only desire is to make money, go to business school at a place like Harvard, do really well there, go work for McKinsey and company and make <laughs> a crap ton of money and become a partner. Like go ahead. That is a, that is a much, it's a lot of hours, but in a lot mm -hmm. of ways, it's a lot easier than having to come up with your own new ideas. The reason why you're an entrepreneur is because you have a problem that you believe you can solve with your product or your service that also in turn brings you money and brings some sort of positive response to people. Mm. That's, that's the key. I think that people forget about, like, say you're in a service industry at some point in time, like people forget service. They Correct. forget service because they get obsessed about the money or yeah. the systems or all of that. So there's something that you mentioned to me before, and it's the science of hustle. Mm -hmm. And I really am interested in hearing your form of hustle and what that means for someone who is so purpose-driven and someone who is so aligned with their values, because I feel like that would be totally different than the person who's simply just money hungry. For sure. So the interesting thing about hustle is, is that ultimately it's utterly necessary. Yes. And it's also not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So if you think about someone who is training for an ultra marathon, mm -hmm. they will train really, really hard, but they will never train at the, like they're never going to actually train the hundred miles they're going to run in the ultra marathon. They're going to run fast and furious. They're going to run wind sprints. They're going to do long distance run. They're going to do medium distance runs. They're going to do 50 miles here, 30 miles there, 10 miles, but the body can't sustain a hundred miles a day in quote unquote preparation for a hundred mile race. That just doesn't work. Same thing with a marathon. You don't train up for a marathon and run a bunch of multi 20 milers plus to train. You, right. you run at certain paces. So that's the thing about hustle. Hustle, just like a hustle is a body reaction, putting your body into a state of movement even if it's mental moving or working a lot still requires rest mm -hmm. and time off mm -hmm. and times to breathe. You can't just go balls to the walls for right. months at a time. It's not sustainable. No one can do that. It, mm -hmm. It's not a possible, possible thing to do, but at the same time, you still have to go through sprints. You still have to work hard. You can't just like sit around with your cabana boy fanning you staring at the ceiling while your Facebook <laughs> ads constantly feed you. And if you're able to do that, that meant you probably hustled creating the product that is now doing that. So saying that you didn't is a bunch of hogwash and hooey. Right. Like you worked a hundred hours a week for a month to get everything set up. And now you get to sit with your cabana boy fanning your face, feeding you a Mai Tai. Awesome. But you didn't talk about the four weeks that led up to that ability to do that. Right. I feel like not enough people are talking about the real shit that happens within the hustle. And that hustle is real. And there's a lot of people that kind of sugarcoat it and say, oh, this is all about balance and it's all about flow. And it's like, well, sometimes you have to be forceful and be more in your masculine energy and have a, a, a 
unsatiated amount of drive to push forward. And I love that you said that it's also unsustainable because I think this is, you know, for people like me, I can go, go, go all the time. I get caught up in that momentum. I actually have to consciously tell myself to slow down and to stop and understand that it's not sustainable. And the only reason I figured that out was because I realized it was unsustainable when I kept getting sick or I kept getting adrenal fatigue or, you know, my body would just shut down. So I love that you said that it's both necessary and unsustainable because I think these are two things that people don't really touch upon in the industry. You know, there's the entrepreneurs who are really heavy on the hustle. It's like hustle 24 seven, hustle all the time. And they almost take pride in having that type of life. But then you can sense the energy behind what they're saying. Like there's a, there's a burnout there. There's like a lack of uh, real emotional energy behind the words that they're speaking because they're unable to even connect to what they're feeling anymore because they're so in the hustle. And then on the flip side, there's those who are, well, I'm just going to meditate and flow and all my ideas are going to come to me. And this was so easy to build and look at it running, earning me six figures and I can help you do this. And oh my God, I just... Both of those kinds. That does happen, happen, but that's not, that's the, that's again, we talked about snippets in time, right? Right. tactics are valid at snippets in time. They're talking about a snippet in time. Yes. What they had to do to get that download is years of work just because it happens one day and then they create the thing. It doesn't, it, it didn't happen just like that. They don't talk about all the precursors that led to that, all the knowledge they built to get to that point. They don't talk about the degrees they built. In fact, marketing people will tell you not to talk about the degrees so you don't ostracize people. And so you're, you're kind of in this constant figuring out like, well, which, which snippet in time are they talking about? Are they telling you the whole story or are they telling you this slice? Yeah. So let me ask you this. Why do you think people don't enjoy talking about the reality behind what they've built? And on the flip side, why do you think it's important to speak about that? Reality's ugly. Mm. Reality is not a lot of fun. Reality of anything is not a lot of fun. The reality of getting a book published isn't a lot of fun. They talk about the agent saying yes, but nobody talks about the 30 rejections except kind of like haphazardly. They talk about the like manuscript that they get a yes to, and they might say, yeah, it went through 30 revisions, but you have no idea how much their editor has ripped it apart. Right. They talk, they show their beautiful website and sometimes they'll show iterations before to be like, look at how much more beautiful it is. But they don't talk about like the fact that they spent 150 hours building that until it's in the past. Once it's in the past, people will talk about it, but usually as a way to show how great things are now. And I, but I think the reality is that it's, reality the reality is that reality is <laughs> it's not there's a reason why we have artists in the world they make things beautiful there's a reason why there's music it makes things beautiful there's a reason why that there are positive affirmations to make the reality of life which is frequently not very good or interesting and full mm-hmm. of loss and pain and sorrow no matter how great your life is it's going mm-hmm. to be filled with all of those things because it's inevitable mm-hmm. nobody's going to live forever no matter how much you biohack or how much right. you meditate, we're not living forever. We're right. Like right. We're not, we're mo- very few of us are ascended masters who are going to <laughs> um, Maybe there's a few who are listening, but it's dubious, right? So, but it's all of this like dreaminess is because it's so much easier to talk about 
the dreaminess than it is the stuff. Cause I mean, you don't want to hear me talk about the pile of shit in my living room. You want to right. see my beautiful couch. I mean, today it's really clean, but normally we're like putting our best face forward right. because the reality is never that pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to talk about the reality. And gosh, I don't like talking about my negative feelings that I have that aren't necessarily negative, that are just there, the sadness, the despair, the frustration that comes when things don't go my way. Cause I've worked my ass off and I don't want to have egg on my face. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and what I found though is it's like this conundrum. So we don't want to talk about the ugliness of reality, but at the same time, we are so drawn to people who are willing to do so. We're so drawn to people who have the courage to do so. You know, the posts that make me stop scrolling are the ones that are real as fuck. The ones where people are saying, okay, like it, it really took blood, sweat, and tears, and I'm not really over this, and this happened, and this happened. It's like, wow, that resonates because that feels real. So it's like a lot of people are just at war with themselves, this internal battle of like, how much do I share? How much am I willing to share? And if I share this, am I still going to be portrayed as a leader? Or are people still going to trust me enough to want to work with me or to buy my products? Am I going to be seen as anything less than professional? And I feel like that's the stuff that plagues us. And, and you're right. You know, like we like to make everything look pretty and social media has made it way too fucking easy to filter the shit out of everything, which further feeds this obsession over like, let's just make everything look pretty. So it's really interesting that what you said about how the posts, the posts that make you stop are the ones where people are getting real. It's this, it's this really interesting dichotomy, at least what I have found is that people want really pretty or really shitty. Mm -hmm. Look at, look at the tabloids, look at people magazine, mm. look at us weekly. Like you either see so-and-so got married, rice toss. Right. And birdseed and lace and yay. Or, oh my God, they're getting a divorce. Oh, so-and-so cheated. There's never like, look at them eating a slice of cake at Baskin Robbins, unless they're talking about how fat they are. Right. right. It's not like, except for that one section that usually has two pictures. It's like, look at stars being normal. We want the beautiful and perfect. And we want to see that the beautiful and perfect is fallible. We don't actually want to see everyday mediocrity. Mm. Because at the end of the day, life is about 25% living, which means paying your bills, brushing your teeth, using the toilet, taking showers, putting on your face products, drying off, driving to the grocery store, or even ordering on Instacart or hiring your assistant. We're not all right. just like making beautiful stuff happen all the time. Right. A portion of our life is spent sleeping or doing things that aren't related to our dreams. And that's the thing we don't want to hear about because we all go through it, but we never look at the big names as that. We view them as these like perfect kind of caricatures of what they really are. And then when those caricatures can be broken down and can be, we can see that they have a little bit of egg on their face. We're like, Ooh, I'm not the only one. Mm. So that we have that kind of like double desire to have right. both of those things, but like seeing that they're just human makes them no longer interesting. Right. That's super interesting that you brought that up. It's, it's like the polarities, right? So one of the things that I always say, if you really want to stand out, you have to be polarizing because that's what gets people's attention. And it's so interesting to even 
view it in the way that you just shared is like, it's either the polarizing side of like, everything is great and perfect and beautiful and working or everything is shit. And so where does that leave us? You know, the people who are purpose-driven, the people who are working to really lead our missions with impact, where does that lead us? Where's the best way to ride on that polarity scale? That's a big question. I think that, <laughs> I think the reality is the day-to-day isn't marketable. Mm. And that's okay. It's just that we as consumers and we as leaders need to be aware of our power mm. or lack of power. So as consumers, when people, we need to remember there is the middle. We need to right. remember that out, out of the polarization, there is the squabble they got in with their husband or wife about not doing the dishes. Right. There, and not like a big knockdown drag out fight because people love to post about that. But like just you got a little prickly one day in mm. the, when you maybe shouldn't have. We have to be aware that everyone has those. Mm-hmm. And if we're not seeing anything but shiny, there's something up. Right. It, it's not, I know some of the shiniest, happiest people on the face of the earth and it's still not always shiny because they still lose pets and loved ones and family members. And even, so if it's always shiny, you know something's missing. Right. So it, it's it causes about, people to question it. Correct. So it's more about being aware of the power you have as a leader to make sure you're presenting as balanced of a view as you can that's still interesting and marketable because really no one wants to read your tweets anymore about like, I ate an egg. (laughs) Here's my lunch. (laughs) Today I bought Lucky Charms at the grocery store. I was like, no no one cares. Like, well, we can file that under what one of my artists at Aloe calls nobody cares news. But you also need to understand the power it wields for people. Mm, Okay, so. And use that delicately. Right. So to all of our listeners, like understand your power and really focus on presenting all facets of yourself. Don't just, yeah, not just what you're eating, (laughs) not just all the shit, not just all the good, but all of it, everything in between to paint like a clearer picture of what's really going on. And I feel like that's such a, it's a responsibility for leaders to do that. Mm -hmm. I feel because if we're leading, that means people are following us, which means it would be a disservice to them to portray or paint a picture that isn't accurate. You know, it's almost like cheating them. Yep. Yeah. And that's how people end up falling into these traps of like, oh, I'm just going to do everything this person's saying to do. And oh shit, it doesn't work. And then it perpetuates that toxic cycle of, you know, following and, and sort of not feeling like you're achieving anything that you really want to achieve. So mm-hmm. having that responsibility to show up fully mm-hmm. in all Absolutely. facets. Mm. Yep. Yep. Anything you want to add to that? I think that it's important to be, it's important to be messy without airing your dirty laundry. Oh, so good. Yes. <laughs> and it's important to lead and you don't have to be perfect. Mm. Like, Tone the quote unquote Photoshop down just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> literally and figuratively. Right. So metaphoric and poetic right now. <laughs> um, but like turn it down a little. Like it's okay. It's 
it's better for people to realize if you're actually trying to make change in someone's life, it's better for them to realize that you're not perfect. Mm. It's better for younger women who are younger than you to see that you're not perfect, especially as a female and vice versa for men. It's important to kind of show the foibles as well as the successes. Mm. And not just the metric failures. Like people talk about failure again all the time, that polarization, but like right. just right. like a little hiccup. Mm. Yeah important. Okay, listeners, you got that? So this is what you've got to do. I mean, it's not just always about the polarizing opposites. It's about showing everything in between. And I mean, that's what makes us uniquely us as well. And that's what makes it easier to have, to cultivate that following is by being us because those who are meant to follow and who are, who resonate with what we're saying and all facets of what we're showing will naturally be drawn to us. So, um, and then the hustle everyone listening. Remember, there is a science to hustle. It yeah. is necessary, but it is unsustainable. <laughs> you can't sprint. It doesn't matter how good a shape you're in. You can't just go sprinting into the sunset and keep going. Like Forrest Gump got tired too, yo. Like, <laughs> and he wasn't sprinting. He was jogging. Let's be clear. Like, okay. So everyone always remember that analogy, Forrest Gump. Okay. When you're hustling, just remember Forrest Gump, he stopped. Okay. He got tired. He was just like one day. Okay, cool. Now I want to watch that movie again. <laughs> he totally said, I got kind of tired. That's like yeah. what he says. <laughs> he did. He did. Okay, cool. Well, McKenna, at the end of every episode, I like to share a love punch and today it's your turn. So what is your love punch for our listeners? Mm. You know, I had one written down, which is so funny. I like came all prepared and now I'm reading it going, well, that doesn't really, I'm so boring. Um, work hard when you need to and know the difference between needing and wanting. Mm. Yes. That's so important. Listeners, listen to McKenna. And stalk her online. So McKenna, tell our listeners how they can stalk you. <laughs> oh my gosh, you can track me down online all over the interwebs, despite my um, distaste for the webernets. Um, I do have a website at McKennaHeld.com. I am Instagram McKennaHeld. I am Facebook McKennaHeld. Um, and then also Allo Records, which is ALO Records, and La Pichoon, which is La Peach FR on awesome. Instagram. So you can track awesome. me in all those places. Cool. And I will have those in the show notes. So McKenna, thank you so much for showing up, being real as fuck as usual. I just adore you. And I know that our listeners are going to really appreciate the no nonsense, no bullshit advice that you shared today. So thank you, McKenna. Well, thank you. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Love Punch, where I'm challenging thought leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs like you to make a lasting impact. So if you loved this episode, please hit share and subscribe. And if you're listening on iTunes, please drop a review to spread the love. Feel free to connect with me online. My handle is at I am Ruby and I will see you all next week with a brand new episode of Love Punch.